This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Homestar Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I'm your guide through a review of the last two games. A disappointing defeat at White Hart Lane against a very average Tottenham and a 4-1 thumping of plucky championship bags Charlton Athletic. South Korean star Young Min Sung <laughs> scored the winner in the second half of Spurs. It's the performance which left Palace fans deflated. A Dwight Gale hat-trick and a Fraser Campbell goal gave... Mm, I've forgotten who scored for Charlton. It doesn't really matter, does it? Who cares? Huh? Yes, him, yes, whoever he is, yeah. Coco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It was not. laughs> anyway, and that gave Palace a 4-1 victory in the League Cup, giving them a tie away at Man City in the next round. Helping me dissect the match and identify the matches and identify the key talking points, I have Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Terence Ford. Hi. Hi. And Patrick O'Quana. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been practicing my accent. Did you like Shouldn't it? That, 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 that was very, very good. That was very good. Yeah. Uh, and ultimate, under, yeah, ultimate twenty-five man squad feature. We'll uh, be back when we uh, come back for our live show on Monday. Um, but um, yeah, there's uh, also obviously no live contact because this is a podcast um, only this time, due to the fact that I believe, um, well, Skype was down, and I, I've looked into it and. The, um, apparently it was a sort of some hacking by some Chinese, but I also noticed it was FYP's 150th show. Um, I think it's a bit far for them to hire Chinese hackers to take us down. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> I mean, guys, come on, play fair, <laughs> all right? <laughs> that is a joke and a ter- terrific interview with Damo. Well done, lads. Um, anyway, well, don't forget um, to 150. Yeah, exactly. Not know, many weeks. I've done an obscene amount. Um, but yeah, no, it's cracking that everyone's got you know two great podcasts to listen to. I've called ourselves a great podcast, but that's fine, isn't it? That's all fine. Um, uh, yeah, if you want to go in, uh, tune in live in the future, there is now an app on both Android and the iOS, the Apple um, App Store. If you go to hrradio.net forward slash Android to find the Android version, and hrradio.net forward slash Apple <laughs> or iOS. <laughs> iOS. <laughs> iOS, there you go. 
iOS forward slash iOS on you that um, and that yeah you can get hold of the one from the app store um, and that also allows you to send a 20 second voice recording to us I'm sure most of that will contain unacceptable language and or content but do use it and we'll be using the best of those on the show in the future uh, first up here's some messages Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Well, those some great messages, guys. I really enjoyed those. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favourite one, Terence? It was the one that I sent in of just saying, Mrs. Hambling, is that you? All right. Lies. Anyway, <laughs> um, look, we have to go back and talk about the Spurs game first, sadly. Um, and I think the best way to sum that up is it was the first time this season, really, that I've been genuinely disappointed with a performance. Um, you know, Spurs, on paper, are a decent side. Um, but I think, ultimately, we let ourselves down. There's a lot of poor performances. Um, and, and really, you could sort of tell after the game that, you know, Pardew wasn't happy. There was the incident, you know, with Wilf being taken off at half-time. And just generally, people... Um, were quite rightly disappointed by uh, by that performance, but there's lots of, lots to talk about there. Um, I want to start with the debate over Alex McCarthy, if I may, gentlemen. And um, I think that's we've had a lot of conversations off air about it, and a lot of those coming from you, Terence. Um, <laughs> now McCarthy made some good saves in that game. Let's let's give it some proper balance. Um, but you were very critical of how often the ball remains in play. So you want to talk around that, and then uh, I think Joel will uh, come back, and then we'll see what Patrick thinks. Yeah, so um, before they took the lead, um, there was one occasion when they've low down and parried it straight out to the striker again. Fortunately, he was offside. Then again, he did the same to Harry Kane. Um I was less critical with the one where, you know, when he parried it out, he got it a lot more wider and Harry Kane squared it back across the goal but sort of did neither pass nor shoot really. So I was less critical of that one. Um, second half, he's done the same again. He's parried the ball straight into the area of where there's Tottenham players and it just ended up looping over the goal off of a Tottenham player. So he got lucky there. And we'll come to the goal later. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. the save you made again on Lamella's free kick? Was that okay? Well, <laughs> I thought it was pretty <laughs> decent. Down his throat. He had to move like two yards to his right. But he did. <laughs> it was a good well, free kick, though. Pretty, Over the wall, safe. I mean, in a corner, he saved it. Yeah, but it was a comfortable save. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, Tell, that I think, you know, if someone turns out of a big pair of gloves next weekend, they're going to get a game. <laughs> oh. I don't think we got a goalkeeper good enough for you. That's what I think. No, you can always do better. <laughs> well, of course you can, you can do better. better in. Listen, I, 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 I know what you're saying, and, and, I, and I have another, I have another thing, right? That we, we paid all this money for basically QPR's number two. That was my main. That was my main thing about about him. But listen, we've gone and spent all the money. He plays for us. And we can't keep chopping and changing. The the thing about having a, a a consistent, solid back four or five with the goalkeeper is what we're trying to get. 
the goalkeeper's always going to always going to get hyper criticised. I use hyper because Patrick likes that word. <laughs> um, and but <laughs> goalkeeper's mistakes are always going to be compounded. And, I mean, you know, Breed has been playing fantastic the last, you know, every time he plays. But uh, you know, I think was he, did he lose that the the uh, the fella last night for the goal? I don't know. But anyway, I. I I just, I just, I just think that it, no matter what McCarthy does, he's, he's going to get caned. He's going to get caned. You know, I didn't think much, much. Come on, got caned. People behind him coated him off. I, I, I couldn't work out why. But anyway, uh, Patrick, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, this is the thing. I, I'm, I'm a huge Julian Sproni fan, so I, I understand people, you know, not particularly taking to McCarthy right away. I wanted Julian to play. But Julian obviously had the injuries. That's why he didn't start the season. I just think I'd like to see McCarthy given a chance. He's played six matches so far. I think I think he's played right all six league matches. And to be honest with you, he's made, he made some superb... Well, listen, again, Terrence, you're, you're, you're a former goalkeeper. So I, I totally know, I get where you're coming from. You know, I play midfield and forward. So I don't know, I don't understand the mentality of a goalkeeper. But for me, he's got to make the saves. I, I get that part. And, I, you know, we, we can all, and obviously the Sun goal was his fault. But he's made some great saves in matches that's, that has helped us. In Chelsea, he made some great saves. He made great saves against Norwich. I mean, he won those two matches. So I understand that when he makes a mistake and we lose, he's going to be criticised. But I don't think he's really been given a chance. And it, and it just bothered me that whenever we seem to get a new player, if he doesn't do great things right away, we get on his case. Joe mentioned much, you know, Chong Young Lee, you know, um, just, just, just it's, uh, obviously Fraser Campbell is the number one culprit right now. Even though he scores a goal last night, he still gets Kane. So I just like to see him be given a chance more than six games. You know, I'm not saying a whole season, but to, to I mean, when Julian first started, Julian wasn't great when he first started. Look how he's a legend now. I mean, and to to kill to kill him for for parrying saves, you know. To me, it's a little harsh. I totally understand what you say. He's supposed to catch the ball or parry it to the side, but he gets so criticised. He can't. He seems like he can't do anything right. It's just difficult for me to continue to see that. You know, to listen to that criticism of him. Can Though I, I do I, understand it. Can I, can I just state a point now? I'm pretty sure if you ask most goalkeeper coaches, they actually tell you not to try and hold the ball, but to parry the ball away. They, they've, they've stopped that. The old school thing of, of English keepers trying to dive and catch it. That, that isn't. That isn't. It's why you see them now when they're diving. They actually not got their hands open. Or if they got them open, they they they're not trying to grab. They're not trying to curve their hands to catch. They're trying to parry or they're trying to punch. Gel, I can say a hundred percent. Over here, I, I I coach under nineteen, under fifteen. And I actually am the goal. Believe it or not, I'm actually the goalkeeper uh, coach. And I, you know, I, I no, I am. And um, you're absolutely right. They don't. We don't teach goalies to to, to um to catch a ball anymore. It's it's really it's more about athleticism and parrying the ball, obviously to the side. But you don't you know cause it's so difficult to catch a ball. The way these balls move now, the way they're made, it's harder to catch exactly. a ball now. So exactly. So you so do that. teach them to parry the ball. So, and obviously every parry is not going to be perfectly to the side for a, for a, either a clearance or for a corner kick. So it's difficult to catch a ball. So again, you're right. We don't teach them to catch a ball anymore. So, I don't, so you what know, we so it's, it's so a what we're saying then, What we're saying is Terence's arguments are all. Invalid. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 can, can I go now? <laughs> right. The fact that you're taught to parry the ball in the case, if that's the case now, I don't know. I haven't received any sort of goalkeeper coaching for a long time now. And the balls do move around a lot. That makes it worse because that means he, he's taught to parry the ball wide and he's not parrying the ball wide. He's parrying the ball straight to the attackers. And like I said... In uh, last season, Sproni did it once, or he did it twice in the space of a couple of weeks. 
And one of them was extremely harsh when the ball was lashed at him against Everton and he's, and he's parried it straight into Lukaku. Right. right. We slated Spironi. We, we absolutely caned him. Well, right. people on this show slated Spironi. Nice. Right? And Alex McCarthy has now, like I said, I said this the other week, he's making mistake after mistake after mistake that are leading to goals. How how long do you want to give him? I don't want to get on him. Look, Sproni, Sproni tried to dribble around Kevin Campbell, didn't play again for three years. I'm not saying <laughs> that's what we should do to Alex McCarthy. That's right. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's a bit like, you remember last season, um, people jumped on Suarez straight away after giving away the penalty against Absolutely Arsenal. Absolutely did, right. And match. I said it's a great idea to pl- put him in and out of games, in and out of games, to let him acclimatise to it. Alex McCarthy hasn't played regular Premier League football at any time. And if you leave him in there and he does this for another four games, what happens to him then? He's never gonna, How is he ever going to be able to get back into the team if he's four or five games on the bounce, he's conceded a goal for a mistake that's cost us any points because that's exactly what he's done for me in the last two games. Yeah, a good, It's a really good point, Terence, that, you, that you're making there in terms of managing the player. And I think what it shows to me is it, it shows that that Pardew sees Spironi's best days are behind him, you know, and Hennessy obviously hasn't convinced. Um, and, and so he, he feels that McCarthy is the best option there. But like you say, it can be damaging. If you just give him game after game, it sort of reminds me a bit of Mignolet at, at Liverpool when he was making mistake after mistake and eventually got taken out of the team. You go back to uh, Joe Hart as well at City, had a really bad spell and needed to come out of the team for a yep. while. Yep. Uh, and that that if that's the way that, you know, that's the way people are managed and you know he's a young guy as well and he doesn't need to become the villain he really doesn't and you know that's not no, going to help anyone you're exactly right Chris and I don't like that as well. I, I said this last or the week before when we were on I don't, I'm not trying to like start a witch hunt on the guy anything like that I like him I think he's a goalkeeper with great potential he's young he's got all the attributes to be a great goalkeeper and if our, com- our on offline conversations about what's been going on in our little personal chat over McCarthy has been hyper, like, done over to make it look like I'm really slagging him off, which I'm not. I think he's our future number one in a really long-term capacity because I think he's a great, a great goalkeeper with great potential. But I just don't think he should be left in there at the moment to hang because I think that's what will happen. Terence, I have, yeah, I have, I have a question. But if Julian wasn't there, let's say that we only had Hennessy, let's say we only had Kenny, would you still be saying that, though? Would you advocate for Ken- Hennessy to take over as opposed to Julian, obviously? Uh, I, I, I would be, you have to give someone else a chance because you, okay. you, drop, out, you, drop, you drop outfield players. No, like fair enough. Hat, yeah. Right. Should we let like, Gregory and, I th- it's it's a bit like playing centre back, isn't it? You very rarely see young goalkeepers impressing week in week out. They always have like slow periods, and it comes with experience. Right. I, when I I know just the difference from personally playing from being the player I was at fifteen sixteen to the player I was at twenty five was a massive difference. I was right. just a crazy person when I was fifteen sixteen. I was all over the place. I wanted to dribble past defenders, but then with experience and stuff, you learn a lot more about the game that you're playing, and. Someone like David Gregory, putting David Gregory into the team would be suicide for him and us because he just doesn't have that sort of experience of, you know, how to play top level football yet. And that comes with time. And it's the same for centre backs as well. You never see young centre backs because they're such critical positions, which experience is key. And you're just going to get killed if you're thrown in at the top level. 
We've got a couple of emails on this, if I can get a bit sort of specific about it. And um, Well, Jer- Jerry got in touch and um, just after the Spurs game, saying he was very disappointed and that the Palace took a long time to be a real threat. Mentioned some stuff about hoping Dwight and, and Fraser Campbell play against Charlton, which he got his wish. But um, he said McCarthy's concerning him slightly. and um, but he, he said statistically he's made the most saves um, in the Premier League for keepers this season. Um, which is an, which is an interesting point, which we'll, we'll talk about in a sec. But Stephen Barton also got in touch saying, um, you know, specifically, does McCarthy have issues covering his near post? Um, do you see that as the case, Terence? You know, is there a definite weakness at the near post? It seems to be a problem. Well, it, I mean, the Sun goal would suggest that the Pedro goal. I, I, we've discussed this already. I thought the Pedro goal was a fantastic finish. It came very very quick, but just knowing. As a goalkeeper, you're going to be disappointed in getting beaten at your near post. Yeah. If you see last night in the game against Charlton, the Charlton striker got through, smashed it near post. Hennessy, even being a big man, managed to get his feet from underneath him and keep it from going through his legs. Am I that confident that McCarthy would have kept that out? Not so much. But these are things that he can iron out. There's not. It doesn't have to become a massive problem for him. You know, the sort of coaching they get these days, the an- and that analysis they do on themselves. He's going to know that that's a weakness and it will be something that they'll be working on in training. So, I, I don't know. I just, like I say, I just I don't want him in there to just rot at the moment. Okay. Um, Patrick, on the sort of more general point of that statistic, he's made more saves than any other Premiership keeper so far this season. What does, what does that tell you? Well, partly about our defence and partly about McCarthy, I guess. Yeah, rubbish centre-backs. That's the first thing. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Um you know, I, I, it means that obviously he gets a lot of shots that he's making. He's making saves again. He just, don't, I guess it's not. I guess he's not making the saves that people are seeing. I mean, I think Terence Nassis is excellent, by the way, as far as that near posting. I thought I haven't really thought about. Do you guys mention that? So that's the type of that a goalie would know to do and work on. And obviously, Son goal was kind of near post. But um, just going real back, going back a little bit. I, I wanted. I, I was thinking about with Pardew and goalkeepers. I remember last year, cruel. Got either injured or suspended. They put that young keeper in the net, and that didn't really work out for them very well, did it? Um, I forget his name, but they had a young goalie in their Newcastle, and he really and he started off he started off well, but then towards the second or third game, he started giving up a lot of goals. And I'm just thinking that maybe you know this is maybe with McCarthy being so young, he wants to give him a bit more of a chance, you know, over the veteran get veteran Speroni. But I'm also thinking again, Speroni's been injured, so Speroni really hasn't given. Um, Pardew any, any option. It really has been basically either McCarthy or Hennessy. And I don't think he rates Hennessy as much as other people do. So it's interesting to see how just how the selection is going with, with uh, as far as maybe Pardew thinking, you know, I've got a younger keeper. Maybe I'll get him in there and, uh, you know, see how it goes. So, Okay. Uh, well, that's... Uh, before, just before we move away from all the, sh- um, the most shots on target, I've already made the joke to us personally, but what percentage of those went back to an opposition striker? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> about, about half of them, I guess. The thing is, though, I know... I, I know can, I, can I just say something about that? You, about that? About that, you saying that, anticipation is always... You'll find that the top strikers, and we've basically played all the top teams um, early on, and, and have, good yeah. strikers anticipate knockdowns. So you'll find that if he does make a save and he does parry it, that the chances are, you know, that we aren't the quickest at the back, that they have, that the forwards will... It's all about anticipation. That's how we got beat by City. You know, the anticipation of that young forward, you can already see with the, in the slow-mo, as soon as he makes a save, the forward reacts quicker than our defenders. And, and he scores, we lose. So, oh, definitely. You know, 
it, it, but, but it is all about anticipation, you know, and it's something that we, even though we've been here for three years, you know, we, we are starting, you know, again, with like a, you know, a, a fifth of our team is probably going to be renewed every year. So we need, we, you know, we, I, I, I don't want to cane him. I don't want to kill him before, because listen, if, if, he, if his confidence drops through the floor, then basically the way that I see this is that Pardew, I don't think he fancies Jules. And the thing is, if he gets forced to put Spironi, it looks like he's actually the third choice goalkeeper. That, that's the way that it would seem to me. You know, and he's going to be forced. If he has to give him a break then he's, and, and he doesn't believe in Hennessy, then he's going to have to put Jules in goal. He's going to put Harold's 35. Is he 35 now? Two points. I think the goalkeeper, because of that anticipation, has to give himself a chance when he's preparing the ball out. If you look in that double save he made at Chelsea and the double save he made at Norwich, he got enough on it to give himself a chance to get back up and make yeah. a second save. Yeah. But what and I'm saying is, so, we, so we know that he can do it, but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. The angles, the angles of those shots obviously suited him. So, but, but I mean, we can talk about it all night, but we, could, we, yeah. we really need to not try and destroy his, you know, destroy his confidence but after, after six games. You know, I, I, we, we can turn around and really go to town on this Spurs game, which I hope we are going to. But, in, in, you know, in a, in a case of players not turning up or players having a mare, I would say that he, was, he wasn't even in, in the top four, four, at least the top four or five. There were players worse than him. And that's what put, us, it put him under that pressure. But I'll just yeah, say, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll just let, sorry, Chris, I want to fi- finish. On Speroni, he's a hand, just a few games away from a whole bunch of records. So for me, I think he needs, I know that you shouldn't have sentiment and blah, 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 blah. No, but, but it's Peter hardly like he's, guy, he? he, he's, he's not become a terrible goalkeeper overnight, has he? So I would, I think Speroni should be allowed to get those records in the first place. And this what are they, Sel, just out of interest? Because I don't know what they are and they've bought them up. Uh, I off the top of my head, I can't really remember. At the um, at the Sproni night, Ian King was talking about them uh, in the Fairfield Halls one, the Palace historian, and he was saying that he's only a handful of games away from a bunch of records. I think it's most appearing goalkeeper and most clean sheets in all competitions or something like that. So he's just got a couple more records to get, which he's very, very close to. Well, he won't to. get that with our defence in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> clean sheets and no chance. I've really got to interject because I've got a make a sort of a, a, a note for Mikey to try and clip you saying that you want to finish on Spironi Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my own amusement. Um, so Mikey, make sure you get that one. <laughs> we'll play that in the uh, end of season. <laughs> How do you even hear that stuff, Chris? I really, I didn't I don't, I'm it. such a child, that's the truth yeah. of it. Um, uh, I don't know, I apologise. No, look, I, I love Jaws, I'm not counting it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clip that too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of my childishness. Um, no, I, look, we we can do this debate to death. I think it was telling that um, the Hennessy started against Charlton when when Spironi's fit. But I really do hope that we um, we haven't seen the last of Jules in a Palace shirt because you know, like you say, Terence, I think that there's a good argument to um, to rest McCarthy a couple of times during the course of this season, take him out for sort of maybe three, four games at a time, and. Just give him that chance to sort of, you know, because at the moment he's he's one of the whipping boys and he shouldn't be. Um, you know, there's there's him, there's Much, there's Campbell, um, there's Gale from some quarters, I think. Um, although he's often rated a little bit too highly in others, and uh, and for some people there's Jason Punchin, and that's where I want to start next. Mm. Uh, so Punchin against 
uh, Tottenham was um, again. I'm like, it's, it's, it is tough singling in individuals out in a poor team performance. Um, you know, we've got to talk about it. We've got to, we've got to sort of look at. He's someone who on form can you know can transform the way our team plays. Um, you know, he's been an absolute revelation in the centre. But when he's poor, sometimes it, it really does show, and the team does suffer. And I, and I thought he had a really really tough game against Tottenham really didn't have any major influence gave the ball away a lot and you know the effort wasn't missing uh, in a you know in a lot of his play you know and he was chasing back at times but then later on in the game the frustration got to him and you could see him give the ball away and, and not chase after it and you know that's not the Jason punching that, that I'm used to seeing um, but you might disagree Joe but um you know, I, I don't know. I'll start with you, Patrick, because uh, to try and get some sort of balance on that before Joe goes on a 20-minute rant. Um, you know, how, how firstly, how did you think Punchin played? didn't think he played well at all, but I think the whole midfield played very poorly. I, I struggled to see what how we were trying to play as far as having six midfielders on the field, and obviously it was Yannick up front. But I think to pick on Punchin is easy, because again, we you know his style of play is kind of languid and Sometimes the effort isn't always there, but I think that was he was one of many who did not play well on, on Sunday. So to pick on him is easy because um, of his style of play, but I don't think he was the worst offender uh, by a long shot on uh, on Sunday. And I think that um, he is definitely uh, looking for form as far as uh, what he produced last year. He plays those great matches at the end of the year against you know, Man City and even Spurs last year, and he hasn't produced that form yet So uh, on a consistent basis. I think Kabai's uh, addition has kind of hurt him as far as um, his performances. But again, Sunday, uh, there were a lot of players that didn't play well. Puncher was definitely among them, though. Joe? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go as mad as what you think. That, that's the worst. That's, the, the, that's the, the, what I'll start on. Listen, oh, the only thing I will throw in, and this is going to be, it's going to be a massive, cause a massive stir. The Puncher is hugely affected by the by Kabai. I think Kabai coming in has taken a huge amount of space off him. Agree. Now, now, this is the way that I see it. If we're not going to use um, uh, Gale as a as a central as a striker, I think he could be more use in Punchin's position. Now, now hear me out on this, right? Firstly, he's he's Punching is one-footed. He is. He holds the play up when we need. When and he doesn't utilise our pace. You can see him. He holds the ball up. Players make runs. He doesn't see them. Stevie Wonder's got more vision than him. Sometimes, honestly, he just. He's so slow when it comes to to, to speed of thought and, and pass. Now, when he's got when he's got time, he's great. But against Spurs. That he didn't have time. And the thing about some of these big centre backs is they're just going to kick you. And punching cannot he cannot be the kid on the pit on the park on a Sunday where he's where he's brilliant sometimes and then he thinks he's brilliant other times because the people just go through him and that's what happened he was he held on to the ball too long now now for me Gail is the probably the biggest fault with Gail is he just wants to attack 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 now if if punching purely is in that midfield to attack then then I I think I. I honestly think that Gale could do his job for him. He's better in the air than punching. He's, uh, I think he's, he's fitter, faster, and he's got two feet. And he has, he has a, a vision of attack, whereas, whereas Jason Punchin tries to be too precise 
and I don't think he's precise enough. I don't think he has the, I don't think he has the the uh, the time that he thinks he's got. But, but I don't want to make this all about Jason Punchin. No, no, Wolf was awful. I, I had I had Gary Ullman sitting next to me, and I said to Gary straight away, "Wolf has just had a massive, massive go back." But you said something to him, and Wolf gobbed off at him, threw his arms up in the air, and I went, "I'll tell you now, if Delaney don't come off because he looks injured, then Wolf will come off, and that's exactly what happens." Wolf was dreadful, and he sulked like a bitch. He just sulked, <laughs> and, and and Sacco, all they did was they doubled up on him. Yeah. I mean, they, they they worked us out, and that's the and that was the thing. Once they work us out, that four, I, I mean, to play no to, to come out. I'm pretty sure, unless I've missed something here, did we actually start that game without a centre forward? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and yeah, then, uh, like that, that's, that's unforgivable for me. Yeah. I don't give it. I don't care. We sh- we we you know, how can you go to an away game when we are at our best sometimes away, attacking without? Let's give it some context, Joe. Obviously, we have had, you know, there is there is an injury to Wickham, and you know, Balassi was asked to play the striker role. It's not like we didn't play play someone up front. He was asked to play that role. He was just <laughs> ineffective in that role. Uh, and I, you know, and I, like he has been, I think, a lot of the time playing as a striker, barring, bar you know, the, the Sunderland performance and, and a game against Liverpool. I think you know that's. You know, I, I don't. I don't share Pardew's view of that. I can understand the looking at Blassie's attributes and playing him there, thinking that you know. But there's a big attribute that you need is, is to be able to hit the target with shots, and Yannick doesn't do that enough and doesn't find that kind of space really when when playing up front. And you know, yeah, he can hold the ball up when he drifts wide, but you know, then just playing wide. But you made some. Look, you made some great points in there. I'm not sure about Gale, although I, you know, against Charlton, it's worth noting. Noting he did. I uh, did find a couple of really interesting passes that, that I wouldn't have really sort of put him, put him down as someone who could. Someone who could al- take did, do you not agree that he almost became a playmaker in the last in the last third of that game? Well, I, he he showed you know in what I've seen he showed he showed plenty of thought, but you know we're we're talking about Charlton there and we're talking about a, a lesser team. You know I've seen Dwight Gale play. A lot of games and a lot of games starting. I think I've probably seen every game he's played for Palace, and you know, and he hasn't done that in a consistent on a consistent basis. If he can add that to his game, then great. You know, uh, Terence, I'll, I'll bring you in on this now. You've been waiting for a while. Yeah, um, back in the end of last season, when Punchin first started playing in the centre midfield role. Um, I sent the um, timings on the pod. If you want to slip it in, producer Mikey. I talked about Jason Punch and we were talking about whether he's England material and I was talking about he's only just moved into the middle of the park. Teams ain't figured him out yet and how to play him when he plays in that position. Teams are figuring out how to play him in that position now. So instead of having the free reign that he had towards the back end of last season where he was bossing games, it's massively different now because teams are making plans for him and he's not getting anywhere near as much time on the ball as he was getting last season. So now it's about how Jason Punchin is as a player to adjust and evolve and become a better player in that position. Or he's going to end up losing his place in there because he can't do what he's doing at the moment, getting frustrated about players closing him down and so on. And that is exactly what he's doing. I don't, I don't think he... I don't think it was that bad at Spurs. Like, we've done with Jerry, I thought Zaha had a really, really bad game. But... Team, teams Who's against 
The worst thing is, it's, it's me old man. So that's how I see you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, th- I think that, um, yeah, so, so I've lost all my train of thought now. Yeah. Gone. No, I'm out. I think that's just pretty much summed it up before you distracted yourself by calling Gel the wrong name. But yeah, no, like, like it's no, look, it's a difficult one. And you're right to point out that you know he wasn't te- he wasn't terrible, but he had a poor game, and you know he hasn't hit the heights that he that he hit last season. And, and to be honest, when you think about it, when you got people trying to get in the team like Ledley and, and Jedinak, you know, and you can shift Kabai forward into that position, I think his position should be under threat. But at the same time, I don't think Pardew's going to take him out. Patrick? Um, Terence makes a great point about um, punching. I've also noticed he's off free kicks, which is starting to bother me. Because, oh, God. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I saw your tweet during the Spurs match. I mean, I have no problem with Sacco because that was a great free kick that he took and also Kabai. But based on last season alone, end of the season, why isn't punching taking free kicks? And I can see that's probably getting to him too because... I don't think that one. He's that. I don't think that one so far this season. So I'd like to see Punch and play, but I like to see him either get back out wide or drop deep and push Kabai forward because I don't see. I, I know people can argue, and I you know that Kabai influences the game more playing deeper, but I'd like to see him push forward because I think he's more exciting and gets the wingers involved and the forwards involved when he's pushed forward more. That's what I like to see more as far as our formation. In addition to obviously having a, a recognized forward out there at some point. Mm. It'd be it'd be nicer to see him switched up during the game. We switch our wingers a lot. I agree. Why, that would why, be why great. not do it with, with those two? Just to, I agree because it, it confuses the opposition as well. Because yeah. one minute they've got a plan to play Jason Punchin in a hole, but if Kabaya's starting to slip in there, does the marker lose it for a while and keep tracking Punchin deeper? Like it's it, it causes confusion. And yeah. I'd I'd like Pardew's in-game management, and I thought his in-game management against Spurs was spot on. He took Zaha off. He bought Campbell on because we needed a presence up top. But Campbell just didn't react and give us the game that we needed from from our you know focal point up front. But I, there's just certain bits sometimes with Pardew. I'm just like, oh, like I, I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I've got nothing on him. But I, sometimes I feel like, is it just me seeing this? Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting though. As you always like that as a fan, really, aren't you? When you watch something and. Mm. There's plenty of times when Pardew's done something that I, you know, tactically, either a tactical shift or, you know, a substitution that I, I thought, oh, hold on, I would have done this differently, and you know, and he's he's changed the game because of it, and mm. you know, that's why that's why he's the boss. But obviously, sometimes things don't pan out how you imagine they they will, and and that's the yeah, same. but I, I like I like it. Like, I I love that he's got the balls to do it. You know, yeah. it's it's a lot of players. How many managers we had in the past who have just sat there and done nothing? And you can predict exactly what they're going to do. Make substitutions on 60 minutes. Make a substitution on 75 minutes. Switch the wingers every 20 minutes. We've had so many managers that you can predict. And I do like the fact that he's just got the balls to go on his instincts and think this might work. And like I say, I, I, I thought it was the perfect substitution based on the, cli- the clientele that we had. <laughs> the personnel, not clientele. Yeah, the personnel, that's something the else, pers- mate. Yeah, <laughs> the mm. personnel that we had. Yeah, I'm I'm sat here in front of a big mirror as I'm doing this, and I can see myself <laughs> in, in my work attire still. So I think I'm oh, half okay. in work. I thought you meant something you know. else. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that finishing over jewels again. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, I know you, you wanted to mention that a bit more about that free kick gel, but hopefully that will come up in this conversation. Um, one of the things we've been really, really sort of positive about is is 
is that attacking lineup that we've got. You know, the, how, the, the impact that Sacco has had. You know, Balassi, when he's on form, Zaha had, until the Spurs game, had been looking very, very good indeed. You know, and, and having punching him behind, there's a, you know, there's a real attacking threat in that, in that four. Um, but, it, you know, obviously it didn't come together and, and that's, that's really the story of that performance for me. Um, but Wilf, Wilf we've, we've sort of referenced it and not when you, you mentioned it, Joe, you know, Pardew hauled him off, they had an argument and that argument has been, was clearly about, you know, well, Pardew's comments were, were that, you know, it's, Wilf's a great player but he's got a, He's got to understand that he needs to be a great player the whole game kind of thing. Um, and he obviously felt he wasn't working hard enough and wasn't impacting on the game. And The last thing you, you want to do is argue back at the manager when he's, when he's pointing that out to you in a high-pressure situation. And It's good that he got the, the game time against Charlton um, you know, and, and had a decent enough game. Keith Millen said that he was very happy with him. So I think that's, an, that's, that's for me, I, I can draw a line, line under the Zaha situation by saying that's good man management again by Pardew. You know, keep pushing him, keep making him be better, making him, you know, realise when he's having a poor game and he's not having an impact that he has to go out there and change that himself because he has all the ability to do that and it's just a shame that he doesn't, um, you know, in certain situations. But I'm sure that will change. Joe? Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, we were, we were watching and it was just, it was so apparent he was getting more and more wound up. And the more wound up Wolf gets... It, 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 it frustrates him, and what he does, he loses all concentration. And what he what he was doing is instead of staying out wide, he was coming inside. Well, because as soon as he comes inside, then he's in the way of MacArthur, he's in the way of Kabaya, he's in the way of Punchin, and he got like I say, he was just getting more. You could you could see it was so apparent. And then of course, all of a sudden, Pardew balls him out, and he's like that. Hang on a minute. Who, who's, but the only thing I will say is that three or four times during that first half, when we could have broke, and this is what I was saying, we need to talk about other players, not just not just ball that punching about this, right? Is that Kabai held that ball up three or four times when he could have laid in. Um, he could have laid in. Um, try, sorry, the Namibians have just scored a try against the All Blacks. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, um, he, he could have played him in, and that would have let, and he would have been one on one. And we all saw that he didn't. He virtually had the beating of their left back. So it, it, it was just, it was, a, it was just a hugely frustrating game. You know, we we at our diamond that we're playing. You know, Sarko. Like I say he just, he just got double, they doubled up on him. Straight, it was immediate. Immediate. <laughs> as soon as he got the ball. As soon as he got the ball, yeah, him as well. Um, as soon as he got the ball, they just two of them were on him straight away. Did, did you not notice that? Any time. In fact, what they did, their midfield was so, so good, Spurs, that any time they got the ball, it was, it was almost two on one in their favour every time. Which is why when, the ball, when, they, when, they got, when they got it and hit our players, if the ball come loose, then, then they had the spare player to nick it and force an attack. Yeah, I think, they, I think they surprised us in the midfield because yeah. we, we definitely, uh, we thought they were going to play 4-4-2, I think. Exactly. And when we saw that lineup, and we yeah. mimicked it because if Sacco went up top with Balassi or whatever sort of false nine, false ten positions they were playing, right. I don't know what they were doing. But <laughs> they were both, they thought we'll just match man for man in midfield. Son and Kane took it in turns to drop deep into midfield and make up the extra man in there. And it took a, it took Pardew, I reckon, about twenty minutes to realise what was going on, and they were just, they were running us ragged in that midfield. Well, I think it took a little, minutes. 
took a little while to sort out how good how good a player that son is. I mean, oh, he's, he's a yeah. brilliant player, fantastic player. Change the game, change the yeah, game. He did. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I tell you what, without him, I think we we would have given him an idea. I think we would have grown into that game, got a goal, and I think that would have been it, and that would have been the end of it. But he just. He, you know, you can see why he was 21, 23 million quid. Very, very good player. Yeah, he's well, just look, so, di- so direct, isn't he? He's just... Yeah. But, sorry, but this, is not, this is not a Spurs podcast. No, that's the thing we've got to cope against now. We've, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's... It's not just us that are getting better players. You know, we, we've, we've just moved in, so we're paying 10 million quid. Spurs have been buying 20, 20 million pound players. You know, it's yeah, just to be fair, it's it's £20 million pound on £5 million pound players usually. But, um, yeah, but, yeah, but every <laughs> now they, they find a good one. They found a good one there. But, you know, I, I, just, I just think that a, a lot of our game was, was ruined on, on Sunday by was born purely out of frustration. Yeah, no, I'll go along with that. Look, the, the, to try and give it some perspective, it was, you know, we spent quite a long time talking about it, longer than I thought we would. Um, but you know that's because there's this really sort of deep frustration from the fans about it, and I'm sure the players felt the same after the game as well. And but the thing is, to give it some perspective, first of all, yeah, you know we're we're annoyed losing against a a team that finishes regularly, what top six, seven, something like that at worst. You know, top ten according to Pardew. Top ten side. There you go. Right. So we're we're disappointed at losing a, a, a game against them, and because we played poorly, I think, and because we felt we could. Could have got more if we played to our, our strengths and our abilities. And, but also, there's you know the instance in the game. You've got, obviously, that shot by Kabai was absolutely oh. sensational. Oh. You know, just, just to actually see him attempt that and the technique involved. And yeah. you know, it's inside of the post stuff. That would have changed the game. You know, a couple of inches more to the right, that's, that's changed the game. Um, and the same with Sacco and, and the save by Hugo Lloris. Now, you know, we're talking about McCarthy. When you look at what Lloris did there, you know that's a phenomenal save, absolutely phenomenal. You know that's the kind of level that you need when if you if you want to push the top positions in this this division. And I'm not saying McCarthy won't get there. I'm not saying that you know Jules hasn't made saves like that in the past. But that that yeah. was it. That was the moment for us. I celebrated when you know when he took the shot. Yeah. As far as I was concerned, that's a goal. But you know such a small measure, and and it's, they went right up the other end. And then you see the the difference when. You know, Sun gets through, and it's it's not a great shot by any means. He's just he's just hit it on target, and you know, and obviously McCarthy is at fault. He's going to be devastated that the ball went through his legs at, at the near post. You know, and that's that's for me. That sums it up. That's we lost the game on that margin. We didn't we didn't play to our, our strengths. Blah 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 blah. Everything we've talked about is true, but we still were in a position where, you know, we were a millisecond. You know, or we were a couple of inches on one chance. We were. You know, a, a millisecond of reactions away from from getting something, potentially three points in that game. What a save that was from Larus! What a save! It just it begs. Yeah, it's like, a se- second season running. He's robbed us with world class saves yes. as well. Yeah, the nil nil. Yeah, you're right. If he ever leaves them, they're going to be in big trouble because they can't replace. You can't replace Larus. He's so good. Because their defense is not very good. But I mean, but he he just he just really he's such a world t- a typical world class goalkeeper. He's, really, he's excellent. Yeah, um, we usually at this point we we talk about who was man of the match. Um, do we have someone we thought actually did play pretty yes. well that game? Yes, Go on, Patrick. Breda, Breda Hangeland. Mm, Let me tell you something. What what a what what performance he put on? My favorite play is when he when he when he controlled the midfield and he kind of 
chipped the ball over the defender and just went like five yards forward and made a pass. I mean, for him, I mean, we've always people have been complaining about you know we need another centre back, we need cover, but people forget you know this man has a lot of experience. He's not very fast. I'll give him that. You know, he's slow, but he reads the game very well, and he and he's just so calm and calculated in the back. And I think. You know, he's just really played well for us. I think he's definitely, for me, he was the best player on the field for Palace on the on Sunday. Yeah, you know, he's, he's class. He really is. He's a very good footballer. That's that's the first thing. You know, you can talk about him being great in the air. You can talk about him being a great defender and being able to read the game brilliant. But he's also right. a very classy footballer on a technical level as well. Uh, same same for you, Terence. You think, or anyone else? Yeah, and no, I thought Hangalan was excellent. Um, I saw uh, people were trying to say he was at fault for the goal. Oh, God. Hangalan can't can't be in a position where he's backpedaling against someone with son's pace. You know, we got caught on the counter-attack and Hangalan's doing his best he can there, shows him on the outside. Exactly. Gets the poor shot that he needs. It's just, it happens to go through the goalkeeper. But, um, yeah, short of his, I know he scored in his first game, scored in his debut, obviously, but short of the first few games that he played for us, where he was a bit shaky, but he had zero pre-season and just looks like he had no pre-season. He's never really let us down. No, no, not at all. And, you know, he's often talked in the press, isn't he, about being at the stage in his career where he's quite happy to, to you know, to be the to be on the bench. He wants to play as much as possible, but accepts his role at the club. And it, was a big, it was a big move to keep him. You know, he, he had other yeah, options. I, I thought Alex White's in, interview with him at the, um, where, where was it, Dulwich Hamlet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the game, I thought like he just showed how you know his head's so screwed on, you know, as, as someone of that age and that experience should be, and he under completely understands his responsibilities and you know how he's got to pass on his knowledge to the youth and he's prepared to pay play as and when he ca- does play and put in a performance. He, he's, he's fantastic, great, and also take the train home every day, right? Is that what I heard? Take the train home for every match by himself. <laughs> yeah, there's a load of yeah, um, brilliant I mean, shots of him. That is brilliant, really. Yeah, yeah, so down to earth. Does it as well. It's, it's yeah, really yeah I heard that too. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. So much for big, uh, you know, for big football players, you know, having big heads and you know. No, you know, it's. I mean, obviously, Patrick, you, you know, you don't get to see Palace too often, although you will do soon, I think. Yes, over. very soon. But, um, yeah. They're all very, very approachable after the game, and most of the players, you know, that's that's the great thing about the club. They haven't really lost that. Still, you know, it's not quite like it was in the championship, you know, right. where you go and pretty much see every player and it's been a long, long time talking to you. But you can still go down the players' lounge and what have you, and, and, and they'll all, they'll all give you, you know, give you a bit of their time. And Hanglin's one of the better ones for doing that as well. In fact, I can remember the Player of the Year thing. He was being mobbed outside for quite some time. Um, yes. Yeah, top man. Um, any more to add to that, Joe, or should we move on to uh, head towards the, your favourite topic of Charlton? No, I've been his, I've been his biggest defender uh, uh, since he comes to the club. I just think he just, he's got speed of thought. You might not have speed of feet, he's got speed of thought. And like Patrick said, that when he mugged whoever that Spurs, the Spurs player to send him almost crashing into the holdings when he dings <laughs> it over him. That and was such that, a great play. I love that. Play that, so that is just the thing is what he does, what I was saying to I had a chat with Danny about this about this in a week. And it, what it is is we have never in all the years I've been following Palace, we've never had a defender who has had time on the ball. In in the last twenty years, what we do is we either hoof it out or hoof it upfield. That's what we do. So when we get a player who puts his foot on it, and there's a like a you know almost like a world class forward sitting five yards in front. We start crapping ourselves. We're like, what is? 
And then he just, you know, but I just, I just love his just coolness personified. And again, I said this: if he was ten years younger, he would be, he'd be playing Champions League. I think. Mm. Yeah, he'd be an Arsenal probably. He probably well, he would. Ne- he nearly, he nearly was, wasn't he? But uh, he's yeah, just, exactly. at his peak. And I, yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I, I've said for ages when I put were caning him for for doing the slightest thing wrong. You know, the last couple of years, I, I just, you can just see it, like you say, just watch him. And that thing on that thing with him sitting, I, I, I went on to, uh, on to, uh, Charlton <laughs> uh, Life this afternoon via someone else's link. And, <laughs> and, and they're talking about, they got on the train to go back to wherever, and, he, and he's on their train. They're like, eh, I can't believe it. You've got a Palace flag sitting next to us. <laughs> you know? So, it just, you know, he, he's so old school. He, he just reminds me of, um, who was the brothers that used to go down to Clifton after the game? Post of Southampton, centre back. Fonts. Uh, that was a front. Yeah. Jose and Rui. He's going down, 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 down a pub, you know? He's going down a pub. You can't, you can't do it now, but it's just, yeah, times are changing. But he just, I think I think he's so laid back. I mean, who, who, who's going to argue with him anyway, the size of him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That Jolton fan said he looked, he, he said he's even bigger than he looks on the pitch. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I love him. I really do, and I'm and I'm really pleased. You know, a lot of people went, "Who? Why have we got him? He's that. He's so old, and he's oh, yeah, he has been to, yeah. an absolute revelation for us." Yeah, we would have well, been stuff. Would have been in the stuck without him. I think, Chris. Mm. No, it's been, it's been brilliant having him step in. See, with Delaney getting injured against uh, Charlton, he looks like he's uh, going to be in the team for a. For a fair while, yeah, um, potentially. Anyway, um, if if we <laughs> if we manage to record them after we've done this podcast, this is the bit where Mikey's going to insert the four word reviews. Insert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a bit of silence. Okay. So I can pretend yeah. we listened to them. Hold on. <laughs> Weren't they good? <laughs> Which one was your favourite? Dirty Pikey Bastards was it was only three. Oh. I thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. Let's talk Charlton. Um, obviously, 4-1 victory in the Cup. Uh, it took a while to get going, perhaps. but Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, once once the goal went in, that was just, you know, brilliant. That was, oh, hang on. Apparently, um, Mikey is not going to edit that out because I didn't listen to him. So that would probably suggest something, <laughs> I forgot something I agreed earlier. About the four word reviews. Um, oh well, well that's going to sound rubbish, isn't it? But that's in keeping with <laughs> quite a lot of what we do. Um, oh well, never mind. Quite annoying. I'm, ju- I'm generally trying to think of what we agreed earlier. But anyway, um, no, look, four one win against Charlton. Once we got going, um, 
I think the class showed in the end, and that's a really nice thing to say. I mean, it's not that long ago that you know this would have bothered me. This sort of fixture, I would have thought, you know, although I don't, you know, they're not up there with with Brighton and Millwall for me. I know they are for you, Joe, but they're not for me. And I just would have thought, oh well, whatever happens, happens, and you know, hope hope we win. And if we don't, it'll be annoying, but you know, I'll get over it, kind of thing. But. I didn't. I didn't really even worry about it this time. I, I was convinced. Convinced we would sort of blow them, out, blow them away, and we did um, eventually. So quite a lot changed. There was quite a lot of um, a difference in the lineup, and, and I suppose if we start with we started with um, McCarthy in the first um, chat in the Spurs game. We've referenced Hennessy. Um, we can't. Well, I suppose we have got to focus on the, the, the chart on goal. Really, it was the it was unfortunately the highlight of. Um, of the game with regards to Hennessy. Um, well, actually, no. First of all, Terence, distribution-wise, general game, you know, other than that, what what was a, you know, what looked a poor attempt at saving a header. Um, what, what did you think of Hennessy? Oh, I, th- I thought he did all right. Like I was saying earlier, reference earlier, he made the save with his feet at the near post. Other than that, he didn't really have much to do. And I cannot tell you how difficult it is when someone is coming in and powering a header at you from five yards out even if it's straight at you, to keep out the goal. It looks, yeah. it's a lot more difficult than it actually looks it is. And yeah, it's, it, as always, you get your hands on it that big, you're going to want to keep it out. But I'm, I'm telling you, I've conceded goals like that where it's so, so hard to keep the ball out. Like it's, It comes at you so quickly and the change of angle and you've got to, you're bearing in mind that it can go anywhere else in the goal as well when you need to try and react to that it's it's very difficult to save so I'm, I'm not, believe it or not I'm not going to slag a goalkeeper wow <laughs> wow uh, do you think it looked it probably did just look worse because he's actually it's headed almost headed into his hands but his hands aren't really reacting because it's you know so close and like I say it's a powerful header so perhaps there's a, a bit to do with it there any any other sort of thoughts and, and feelings on, on Hennessy or Joe I'll give you a go no he, he didn't have a chance he didn't have a chance for it. It's like I say, it's just, sometimes you can't, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, he just had his arms open, it hit his right arm and, and just sort of went over the line. So, um, Disagree. What, you think oh, he could have oh. saved it? Well, he's, he's about, yeah, I think he could have done better than he did. I don't do, think he could have saved it. But. My only thing, Patrick, before you say that. I don't even say that was, because if you think he could save the... Was it in the area? Was, that, was the actual header... Inside the six-yard six box. Six-yard box, yes, he was right. Kind no, of no, and he should have come for it. That was the only thing that well, I haven't seen the goal yet, but it was the only thing that I thought about last night, that he looked really close to him, that he could have come it for it. It was a great corner, though. It's one of those ones you can't really... See, you can decide exactly which you're going to come or you're going to stay. I agree with you, Terry. Yeah, it was whipped. Saying. It had a lot right. of whip on it. It was, it was a good ball. I, 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 I look more at the marking, if I'm honest. Mm. Fair enough, but I'm just saying, if, gonna, if people want to cane, you know, McCarthy for that Falcao from that great Pedro cross, you got you got to kind of question the same thing again. Both to me, you know, good crosses. I think the Falcao finish is much better than yesterday finished. But again, um, just just using the same, you know, the same uh, criteria. But again, yeah. it's tough. No, well, Pat, Pat, Mikey said the same thing in the chat actually, saying yeah, Terry, would you <laughs> would you be saying that if it was Alex McCarthy in that same situation? Can you be sure you'd be saying that? Um, Hennessy hasn't had a build up of mistakes that has led to me to get to this level of frustration. Mm. Right. Is my argument there? Nice, that's a right. good answer. Yeah, good politicians' answer. answer. <laughs> 
Um, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make an assumption of what you just said. Then, so we're putting Coco the clown in the same bracket as Pedro. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro the clown. Um, I suppose we better get another sort of slight negative out of the way in terms of the Damien Delaney injury. Um, obviously, Dan's been been out injured as well. Should hopefully be back for the Watford game. Um, so we've got Dan and Hangland. I guess that's okay. But are we? Mariapa, um, you, you mentioned him, Joe. You, you, how did you feel he got on? Yeah, I think we again. He very rarely lets us down. So I one in players who just is a bit part player for us. And when he comes on, he does all right. I thought his distribution was very good last night. He just looked assured. You know, he wasn't being well. He was he, he was being harried a little bit, but he just he just looked like he had a bit of time. Yeah, you know, I, I like him. I like him. And like I said, he, he's just another one that can come on and. And just do a solid job. Um, it's just weird to he, see pace in the middle, isn't it, with him? Well, that's, see, that's, <laughs> the, that's the thing. We've got, we've got this, and it's, it's, it's what we've got to get used to now, that we have got, we've got depth. You know, we, yeah. We're never getting an unknown coming on. You know, we've got, a, got this squad and everyone can... We're almost getting a sort of a rotation going, aren't we? Yeah, you well, to agree. I, th- I do think... Um, I'll let, sorry, Patrick, I'll let you jump in in a second. I do think... It's interesting that Mariapa got this chance against Charlton with the Watford game coming up. Now, anyone who's watched anything of Watford this season will know they've got real pace. Um, and, you know, I was, I was looking at our... I've always looked at our defence and worry about the speed, you know, speed of recovery, the general sort of pace of keeping up with players bursting through, that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him hold on to a position as a, as a centre-back there just to give some, you know, give us a chance, really, if, you know... If anyone's gonna gonna break on us again, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's a, it's a, I, I was kind of thinking have someone referenced I think it was on Twitter a centre back crisis, you know, Damien Delaney injured, Scott Dan, you know, struggling for fitness, um, and and you know we haven't strengthened in that position, so you know that's a mistake that we've made and all those kinds of things. But I'm ju- judging from the conversation, we don't quite feel that way. Do, do you feel that way at all, Patrick? You know what? I mean, we've lost consecutive matches 1-0. Uh, you know, a, a very critical person could, could say we've lost both those league matches based on centre-back errors. You know, the failure to react to the McCarthy really bad save and the failure to, to push Son wider on a really, you know, good, bad shot. But honestly, I don't think we have a problem at centre-back. Um, I, I've heard, I heard that Delaney, they took him off as a precaution, so he should be able to play on. On uh, on Sunday, but you're absolutely right because I think Watford speed is going to be an issue, and I would hate to see. Uh, I would I shouldn't say it that way. I wouldn't. Re- I prefer not to see Delaney and Hangland starting against Igalo because he's he's so quick they're going to rip us apart. You know, Suarez be the only person that will be chasing back with you if they can play Kelly at right back. So I agree with you. Maybe playing Marriott yesterday was a precursor to Sunday, but I would really like to think that Delaney is going to start, and I obviously I'd like Hangland. So um. But again, the matchup there is not a good one. I know that we have a crisis, though. I really think that our uh, the backups that we have in Mariapa and or Hangland are just fine, as long as uh, Dan and uh, Delaney aren't out too long. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of um, we've, we've obviously talked about Mariapa. Um, let, let's talk about Dwight Gale, um, and, and we'll, at the same time, let's talk about the fact that. You know, we, there were two penalties in, in that and talk about those decisions that we got. I mean, obviously, Campbell gave us the lead. We'll talk Campbell in a second. But, you know, Gale sort of was given an opportunity. He was given an opportunity against Shrewsbury and he didn't really take it. But 
Uh, I think it's fair to say he, he took an opportunity this time, but he didn't really look confident until the goals had gone in, you know, until he got those couple of penalties and then he relaxed and played his football. That fair to say, Joe? No, I thought he looked all right. I thought he, I just thought he looked all right. Just Charlton were just shutting him down and, and stopping him from doing anything. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, admittedly, the chances didn't fall to him. If, if, you know, the early ones are Wilf, the o- almost the open goal for Wilf. Um, and uh, and Campbell with his, you know, one of 20 he missed last night. But yeah, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, I, 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 I thought he, I thought he played all right. You know, you can't, you can't be dynamic all the time. I just thought what he did, he did well. He recycled the ball really well. Um, thought he, I thought, he, I thought he played all right. And like you say, but you know, it, it, it's about confidence, isn't it? Every every time when you grow into a game, you get more confident. You get more confident. You do what you want. You know, yeah. that it was a, another again. He, you know, he went forward to meet the ball the near post. And scored his and scored the, a, you know the, he had a, was a great hitter you know remember he did that it, it was a little bit closer Liverpool, to the goal yeah. but he went against Liverpool that's right so yeah. you know we know we all know what he can do left foot right foot head pace everything you know he's, he's just he's just attack 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 and sometimes if it doesn't suit it doesn't suit but I thought, you know, I thought it suited his game last night and, and he did well, what he was asked to do yeah well once again desperate for him to kick on you know that's the thing he's, he's done that he's, he did just did it in the cup against Walsall didn't he the other season and you want him to to take the, that performance and then and then do something else with it. You know, get out, get you know whatever opportunity he gets in the next game against Watford, whether he starts or not. I think there's a chance that he will start if if Wickham's not back fit. Um, you know, I, I do genuinely think that he's got to got to put a couple of performances together in a row. You know, it's two stop start, and you know even if even if he starts on the bench, if he gets twenty minutes or so, he's got to be. He's got to be up for it in those 20 minutes, not let the fact he hasn't started get to him. Just come off the bench and do what he can do. And, you know, it's all in his hands. It really is. Patrick? Yeah, Chris. You know, I'm, I, I was disappointed in the lineup that Pardue put out on Sunday against Tottenham with not having a striker. But I'm going to answer you. I'm disappointed in the forwards who aren't taking the opportunity that's in front of them. You, th- you know, you look at Wickham, obviously. We'd all want Wickham to play if he was 100% fit and he couldn't. But what are Bamford... And, well, I'm going to say Gale. I'm not going to really say Campbell as much. But what Bamford and, and Gale are not doing to impress Pardew? Because for, for Yannick Blast to start ahead of him, to me, he's very worrying. And I, I just want, I, you know, you don't see trainings. You don't know what's going on. But they've got a great opportunity now with the Watford match going forward and obviously the matches after that to kind of grab this by the, by the horns and, and go forward. Because, you know, coming off a hat-trick now for Gale, he can't be more confident than he's going to be now. They've got to take this chance. I thought Bamford, by the way, when he came on, looked pretty decent yesterday. He linked up pretty well with Gale on a couple of a couple of times. I actually like Bamford as a player. He's a little languid, but I think he could actually do a job for us. But I really want one of those two to step up now because it's, it's, it's their time. And for them to not take the opportunity, is to me, is, is disappointing. Sorry for, the, sorry for the silence there. I was sneezing and I had the thing on mute. That's all right. It's a good sneeze. No, I agree with that. I was going to, I was going to bring Bamford up because he had a, he had a good, good opportunity to put in by Gale and it was uh, well saved by uh, yeah. Pope in the Charlton goal. But yeah, he was, again, Bamford was another one who, who missed a huge opportunity against Shrewsbury just to, you know, just to kind of kickstart his Palace career and he, he still needs to do that, you know. Um, but yeah, he's certainly not a waste of a signing or anything like that. I really do hope that um, he gets a bit of game time soon. But for me, it's all about you know getting Wickham playing games and you know starting every week and putting a run of five, ten games together just to see how see how much he's got going for him. You know, because he's again, he's there's a few people unconvinced on him. 
you know, I know myself and Terence in particular are, are huge fans of Wickham and think he's going to do great things. But you know, he's got to stay fit and be in the team for that. And while he's not, like we say, huge, huge opportunity for everyone else. And I do think that there's a bit of um, the reason Balassi's starting up front is because he, you know, Pardew believes he can play that role, and it gives him the opportunity to play Sako, Zaha, and Balassi, you know, in one game. Um, you know, at the moment, I, I think it's, um, sometimes you can you, know, you can want to do something like that too much. You know, Sako had a, an effective game against Spurs, and you know, Zaha's had an ineffective game against Spurs, and Balassi was relatively ineffective against Spurs. So. You know, you haven't really gained anything by playing all three there. But you know, look, we're talk- obviously talking about Charlton, and, and it was it was just nice to see a dominant performance. But we have to say that the penalties were a huge factor in that in that win. What do we think of them, Terence? Oh, I, I, I've had I work with a Charlton fan. I've had him going on at me all day about this, about how <laughs> they were they weren't penalties, and how players love to fall over and so on. <laughs> I think. The first one's soft, but a penalty. The, the guy's just, a, he's an idiot. He's just yeah. all over Campbell, and he's got hold of his arm, and he's just given Campbell the opportunity to go down. You know, Campbell's probably thinking, oh, I better let someone take the penalty because I'm going to miss the chance. That's really out of order. Ah, cheers for that. <laughs> uh, that, that we was, was, uh, he missed that header just before he scored, and he was getting slated in the crowd and all over Twitter. And then yeah. he scored straight away. That was good for him there. It quietened everyone down. <laughs> five for five seconds, maybe. It was. It was. It, oh, good. Yeah. Well, no. You know. Then he. he then he got a bit more confident. He won the penalty shortly after. I've, yeah. So I think the first one's a penalty. He's got hold of Campbell for a good two seconds before he actually goes down. Campbell tried to stay up, but the guy's just constantly all over him. And then the second one, he's just. He's even more stupid. Just because you're holding your hands up in the air, saying, "Look, ref, I'm not touching him." If you still run into the back of him and smash him with your torso, it is still a foul. So <laughs> yeah. what's Gal supposed to do? He's been hit from behind as he's trying to shape up to take a shot. So his balance isn't designed to be taking that sort of weight on him. And he's gone down and the referee's made the decision. And the defender's got himself into those, that trouble twice. And it's his own fault. He's only got himself to blame. Similar views, Joe? Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> penalties on it. They were penalties, similar Soft or not, you know, you can't, you can't do. He said they, they started. He just got. They just got really careless. I, I think they got really careless, and they ran out of steam. And like you say, you can get away with it to a certain point. But did, was it? Did he get a straight red? The, the defender. Yeah, the second one, a second. Yeah. It, it was a yeah. But I, I, it's, it's always the thing is. Had they been in the Premier League? Would, he have got, would they have been in penalties? Maybe one of them. Definitely not both of them. But, you know, like I say, we're the bigger team now, aren't we? Yeah. That, yeah if you think Michael, Michael Oliver, sorry, Chris, he, um, he loves to... It, the reason why a lot of people think he's a decent referee is because he doesn't ever make a decision. So the amount of times he get in the Premier League he gets away with not awarding penalties and looking good when it's like it's players who are dived or it's a soft tackle. But every now and then he just misses an absolute stonewall and he yeah. does it once every six games or so on. And in the Premier League, you're right, I don't, I, don't, I don't think one might get given, but both certainly don't because the referee just will say with either the first one he won't give it and then will give the second one because he didn't give the first one and vice versa. They're too much in their own heads in the Premier League. 
where this where it's well, Swarbrick used to he's still in and out of the Premier League a little bit, but you know it's easy for him to make the decision because it's a big club against minnows. <laughs> exactly, I did genuinely think that myself during the game as well. I was thinking it's funny having this turnaround and you know get us. They got denied a very similar challenge. Uh, for a potential penalty, and we got two of them. And I, you know, obviously it's extremely funny because it's Charlton. And, um, exactly. <laughs> but I, yeah, I couldn't help but think a little bit like, oh yeah, we're the we're the big club now. We're getting the decisions. But um, no, there you go. And the, the penalties were tucked away nicely. It, you know, it set it, it gave us what we deserved. You know, quite clearly the better side. And he, even with all the changes that we made, and um, obviously we talked about Campbell was one of those changes. Uh, the goal, I actually liked his goal quite a lot. Um, you know, in, in an ideal world, he'd have been fully sharp and probably hit that first time and drilled it bottom corner. But, you know, he didn't really panic, and it was still a very good finish by the end, I thought. And um, I, he, one of those, one of the things, uh, it's a bit of a cliche to say it, because you, know, you, you do hear it a lot. It's, you know, he's getting in the right positions. But, I mean, he certainly didn't have any inkling that he was going to be getting in any kind of uh, goal-scoring position against Tottenham. But um, clearly, against Charlton, he got in an awful lot of them, um, and you know he he missed some, you know, pretty good chances to be to be critical of him. He did, you know, he did make some errors there, but you know he got a goal and he won a penalty. And, he, and I think you know overall, is it is it simply lack of matches? The fact that he's you know had this injury, you know, we all you know we all thought probably last season people were a bit quick to criticise. Um, Fraser Campbell, but when he you know came back, he kind of you know he kind of added fuel to that fire by looking sort of lackluster. But are we being unfair if he plays? You know, the more he plays, is he going to get better? Do we think, Patrick? Well, I, I think he would, but I mean, I'm an, I'm very much a minority. People just don't like him. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't think he's ever. I mean, people talk about players letting us down. As a striker, obviously, you know, you're there to score goals. He's got four goals, I guess, in 21 matches for us. So it's not a phenomenal strike rate. But I, I don't think he's ever let us down, really. Um, I can't think of a match where I remember, you know, the Everton game, he scored that, that header that when Yannick got his first goal. And um, I just thought I just, he scored against Liverpool when he lost in the FA Cup. I just, I'm just trying to think of chances, times when he's played where he's, where, where he's done decently for us. So I don't understand why he gets so much uh, stick. I get last year people wanted Murray to play, but Murray was gone at the point, I think, when Campbell was playing, so that wasn't happening. And again, when Murray came back, you know, Murray's played and Frazier didn't play. So this season, we got, we got Wickham, we got Bamford, we have Gale, so he was never going to be top of our pecking order. So the fact that he, when he gets on against Spurs and by manager choice, not by uh, his choice, he was brought on as a substitute, he did his best, I guess, and he didn't do well. I don't understand why people have to have an escape goat. Every, every time <laughs> for us. So, uh, but uh, that's the palace way, isn't it? I mean, there's always got to be someone. I'll say it again. When I was a kid, I, I used to hate Jay Murphy. So I understand the escape goat stuff. Right, Jill? Boo you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for saying ha- it again. Happy birthday to Jerry Murphy for yesterday. Is it? Yesterday it was his birthday, yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Jerry. And and on top of that, he's from, he's from my neck of the woods. He was, he was born in the same hospital as me. Well, he's Irish. You know, but he's, he's from Stepney. Um, he's brought, I know, I'm brought up joking. in Stepney. Yeah. I know, just joking. Irish parents. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, this isn't important. Well, with the name Jerry ca- Murphy, you never would have guessed. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> Who'd have known? <laughs> well, I'm going to share my two pennies worth about why I think people get on Campbell's back, if I may. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. For his career, he's been a player who's 
one one in five, one in six, one in seven. He's never been a consistent goal scorer. Right. He's right. never going to be a consistent goal scorer. I said this when I was writing about the Spurs game. Connor Wickham and Glenn Murray occupy both centre-backs. And as I said in the match report, Fraser Campbell couldn't occupy a toilet. He's just useless <laughs> with his movement. He's absolutely useless. Defend is so easy to defend against. And every now and then, he has that moment where he just comes alive. But when you're coming alive once every five or six games and getting a goal, it's no good if you're playing as a lone striker. He just doesn't do enough to bring everyone. He chases down and so on, but it's when he's getting the ball played into him, he just never uses it enough, and he's very, very easy to defend against. So that's what frustrates me about Fraser Campbell. And often as well, put a game, a big a, a game on TV against a big club, a big club than Spurs I'm talking about, he turns up. Mm. And Terrence, I have a uh, question. How would you compare him to Cameron Jerome then, as a you know, as a as a, as you know, as a striker? Just um, I wouldn't imagine their goal scoring rates are massively different. Right. But Cameron Jerome allowed Jason Punchin to score however many goals he did. Because of the way he played, right? The running the channels. And he, the... Uh, running the channels, opening up space, oh, okay, bringing right. players into the game. Fraser Campbell just doesn't do that. Okay, he's, fair he's enough. Just, uh, I just don't think he's got... An, he's, there's no intelligence in his movement. Right. He's got intelligence when it's runs to try and get in behind to offer right. up a pass, but he's got no intelligent movement when he's not trying to score a goal. And that's what frustrates me about him. Got it. Uh, can I just um, check, Terence, you referenced your match report. What... What website is that on? <laughs> and that would be uk. Oh, okay. So it's Seamless. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe, you and Campbell. Yeah, it's just it's just not clinical enough. I mean, that missed uh, that header that he missed. That that was the miss of his life. I'm telling you now, he didn't have to jump. It wasn't it wasn't behind him. It wasn't in front of him. It wasn't. He didn't have to jump. He didn't have to duck. He didn't. It was a perfect cross, and he headed it. it, it listen, he didn't <laughs> even hit the target. I, I, I said to Danny this morning on the phone, I said, Dan, if, if, if you would have scored that, I would have scored that. <laughs> Seriously, you, you would have scored it. I can't. I, I, I stood up. Listen, I, I try and give. I try and give him the benefit of the doubt. Never been really one to get on Campbell's back because I know he's a bit part player for us. But that for me. I don't know, that was that was, that's the miss of the last. How long has he been with us? Two years. Yeah, we did this stuff. He scored the first goal. You do remember that, right? But but, yeah, but even then, he, he nearly messed but he, up. But, no, but, but, again, but he again, scored the first goal. We yeah, no, 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 that no that and, and, and that's and that's why that's why he got oh, okay. away with it. But, but no, no, no. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's, it, it's, I mean, but you can say the same of Wilf. You know, it, like after that header he scored against Shrewsbury, and then he misses. He misses from four or three yards out. It's just, it's very frustrating. But Campbell, you know, because he, because he's always taken stick since you know when he when he first turned up. First match, right. And he has he literally has taken stick from from every section of the grounds. But you know, it's it, it, and and that to miss that header. I mean, I must admit, when he missed that, I stood up and I just put my hands out. I couldn't. I just thought, how has he missed? Um, but but anyway, but like I say, he redeemed himself, scored, 
started the slaughter and uh, and, 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 and <laughs> always 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 calm. Well, I said we murdered them nil nil in the first half, didn't we? Yeah. You know, it was just it was just hammering them, but without getting. Uh, if it had been, if it, you, you could put your hands out and say, you should turn around and say that this. If we'd have beaten six or seven last night, you wouldn't have said you wouldn't have said we didn't deserve it with the with the chances we missed. You know, we just got to be we got to be more clinical. And this is this is what I said two years ago. It, we need to. I, I just think we need to bite the bullet. So I, th- I think we will do. I think next season, I think you know, if, if nothing happens with Wickham. I think we'll end up buying a twenty million pound forward and paying him hundred grand a week. What's now, his name? Said, well, what I'm, but it doesn't matter what I'm saying. Is you know, if we get a Sierra app a, 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 a forward, you know, just convert whatever it is to euros into sterling or sterling into euros, and we get a better, you know, we get more for our money. I'm just, I'm just convinced, you know, and I know you guys are convinced. We've, you know, I, I backpiled you, but I really, I really want Wickham to do well. But right. I'm going to give him every single chance. But I, I, I just. You know the, the way that things go. I can't, you know we have we've got players that I, that I honestly thought would do brilliantly for us, and other people don't see it. A la Gale, you know. I, I just Stuart O'Keefe. You know, he never did anything <laughs> wrong for us, did he? Hey? He never did anything wrong for us. Oh, no, I just like to bring it up every now and then. But there, well, there you go. There you go. You, you can mock. He's mocking you. <laughs> Your Scottish, you. your Scottish hideout. By the way, because he's on 4G and not Skype tonight, or, or he's on 4G and it's caning him for for it, money. Yeah, my allowance will run out at some point very, very soon. <laughs> very yeah. up then. It's my jet set lifestyle now. You know, one minute I'm in Crawley, next minute I'm in Glasgow. It's just the life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Croydon. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Look, um, obviously, the times have changed um, for for a Palace. You know, playing against um, low league opposition in the League Cup used to mean we'd get knocked out in the third round. But you know, we're comfortably beating you know these um, struggling Championship sides. Um, you know, so but t- times have changed for Charlton. They're no longer you know laugh. Well, they've stopped laughing a long, long time ago about. <laughs> Supposedly relegating us, and um, yeah, I'm sure. La, they la, 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 <laughs> la. <laughs> exactly, but I mean that. Well, let, let's let's get the the main bit of the game out of the way. The last little bit, you know, who was the standout performer for you, gents? Um, who, who was your man of the match? Obviously, Gail got a hat trick, so a lot of people might go for him. But what, what do we think? Let's start with you, Terence. Uh, Johan Kabai for that shot. What? <laughs> that, that was. That <laughs> that was world class. That was oh, a world class strike. That oh one. no, the uh, crossbar one. Yeah. It went straight, then swerved outwards and dips. What a save from the goalkeeper! Fair play to him. Mm-hmm. Um, can you really look past Gal when he scored a hat trick? Um, probably not. He scored. He scored three goals. He you know, assisted for the penalty that he scored himself. You know when he slotted in yeah. um, Campbell with a really nice pass. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Dwight Gale for me. Patrick? Fraser Campbell. I mean, uh, <laughs> Dwight Gale. I mean, you can't, you can't look past a guy who scores three three goals uh, for me, especially in a, playing such lower league opposition. Um, you've got to go with Gale. Uh, and for you, Jez Meister? <laughs> um, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go Mary Abba. I thought he was very, very good. Ah, oh, nice. Nice. Good stuff. I, I, know, I know it's, you know, it, it's, and if it hadn't have been two penalties, then I would have, then I would have gone for Gale. 
he just, you know, mm-hmm. he's played to score goals, but Mariabo, I just thought, I just thought we, he looked assured at the back, and for someone with no game time, almost right. zero game time, mm-hmm. I thought he'd just come in, in a game where they were sort of up for it, it was a little bit easier for him, but like you say, if he plays on, on Sunday, whenever it is, it'll be, it'll be a bit tougher for him, but he never let us down, I, I, I just thought he was assured. Excellent. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, that will do for that. Obviously, Man City up next in the Cup. Um, that's an away game. Um, it's an interesting one. You know, we obviously, we want this Cup run. I'm, I don't know what sort of a team they'll be playing. They'd have played in the Manchester Derby the Sunday before, I think, I'm right in saying. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and obviously, they're, they're on, you know, playing on, on a number of fronts this season, trying to win trophies, but... You know, we've got to that point in that in the cup where people, everyone who's sort of left in it, will kind of think they've got a chance of getting getting some real distance in it, and it'd be interesting. Um, I, I'm quite quite hopeful that we might get something up there. But, um, well, we could be playing the on an extra day's re- an extra day's rest as well because yeah. they're playing on the Sunday, and then United and City both got drawn at home in the next round of the cup, and they can't play on the same night. So one of them will have to play on Tuesday after playing Sunday. So with a bit right. of luck, it will be us against them. Ah, excellent. That would be good. All right, well, yeah, so there's a, there's a good chance there. I mean, you've got, if you're going to go and try and win a cup like we're trying to do, you know, you've got, you've got to play the big sides eventually. Exactly. Um, no fear. It wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a kind draw. I don't think it was a kind draw. I would have, quite, I would have preferred something, you know, a little bit easier. But there you go. Um, go, out there, go out there and win that. I think things have seem really really good but obviously yeah it's uh, Watford up next in the league and it's uh, obviously desperate for a for a win in that one um, I don't I, I think we've got to take, take a bit of a moment and I'll, 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 go, I'll go with you um, Terence and Jell on this one because this is um, something I know you've both talked about and experienced the, the crowd trouble um, and the general policing at the game um, uh, go on kick us off on that Terence Oh, it's, it harks back to the, the wall incident from what was that February 2012 it would have been um, against Brighton just because you haven't physically put up a steel wall putting up a wall of policemen between two sets of fans has still created the same problem they've bottlenecked basically Charlton down Holmesdale Road towards Norwood Junction they've re-diverted the Palace fans down to Sellers Road towards Norwood Junction but they both still come out at Norwood Junction Station. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's because Arsenal were playing Spurs last night and they was having to share police because there didn't seem to be many. But also down Holmesdale Road, there are side roads that lead on to Selhurst Road. Right. So the Charlton fans just walked down the side roads straight into the Palace fans on Selhurst Road. And like I was saying to people last night, that's not being alive at that time. That's what I imagine it was like in the 1980s because it was a running battle on the street. It took the police ages to get there. And it was tentative at first. It was very slow starting. There was people just posturing and arguing with each other. But as I was saying before we got uh, got on here, it was a lot of Charlton fans wearing Stone Island and a lot of Palace fans in colours. And that's not a mix of people that should be getting into rucks with each other. No. The the Charlton fans are not... I know I'm, it's going to sound like because I'm a Palace fan, but there's no Charlton fans listening to this, whatever. It was all on them. Now, we've had our history in the past and we had those fans on the train that went away for it for many years, and rightly right. so. 
but this was on the Charlton fans. They came down that road looking for trouble, and they all they were confronted with were people with their families, and they attacked those people. And then there was bottles being thrown as well, and there's all sorts of people. There's actually a nice story on Twitter of a Charlton fan actually helping a Palace fan be protected from the bottle throwing. So fair play to that Charlton fan. But it's just... This is the problem with these types of games. The police should should be keeping the Charlton fans in the ground for 15 minutes after the game, not letting a thousand of them leave 10 minutes before the full-time whistle's gone to go God knows where. They shouldn't be keeping them in the ground for 15 minutes after the game, let everyone else disperse, and then take them to the station. And that's done as a problem. It drives me absolutely mad. I've said it many a time on this show. You know, I sat in a room with... At Sellers Park with with some some of the police force and and the, the transport police agreed with me and the um, I won't name names this time I got into trouble last time the um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, you know the operate the general operational police were saying well no we'll we'll disperse everyone at the same time if we if we route it properly and it's like and, you, and I just go no no look you're an away fan. Uh, a derby game or a you know a high tension game, you expect to be kept in. They're not gonna you know they're not gonna do any more damage than they've already done to the toilets and the, the signage and the seating. That you know that's that you got to put out of your mind. Pat, you know football fans understand what happens at a game like that. They expect to be kept behind. We all you know we're always kept behind against Millwall always, and we know that that's going to happen. And it, it's tried and tested because the families can get out. You know what I mean. The, the bigger crowd, the, the home crowd, all those people, they can get themselves the hell out of there. And, you know, and you know, it's the stragglers that are left are the ones that would be interested in any trouble. You know, but anyone could have told you that that was going to happen. And and to not be able to approach it in a logical, sensible way with a proper consultation, again, is just absolutely unforgivable in my view. I do not understand it. Don't get me wrong. I do not understand the mentality of the people that start this kind of rubbish in the first place. You know, they are the real villains in this, and that shouldn't be lost in criticising policing tactics. It really shouldn't be lost that there's, you know, people in our society that are that pathetic and that small-minded. To be be fair, though, it's it's not that difficult to understand mob mentality. It's a well-documented thing, you know. And when you're having a Tuesday night game, Wednesday night game, sorry as it was, guess what? It's a derby. Half those people who are going to that game are going to book a half day at work and they're going to be in the pub for one o'clock and they're going to get boozed up and they're going to be all riling each other up. Come 10 o'clock at night when everyone's absolutely pissed out their nut and they're all with their mates and they've just been duffed up for one and (laughs) all they've got for the last half an hour is Palace fans is absolutely ripping the piss out of them. I can see how it's going to happen. And the police yeah. should know this as well. They should be able to re- like look at that scoreline and be like, oh, fuck, this is what's going to happen here. You're going to get a 1,000 leaving early, and that means they're going to be, get, be able to get wherever they want to go if they're the ones who are looking for trouble. And then you've got another 1,800 of them all leaving at once who are also in this state of mind. So, and that's why you end up at the top of the Holmesdale Road, pe- Charlton fans frying bottles at people. Because... If they're left in the ground, none of that happens. The Palace fans disperse quickly, they get home, and it's all done. I just, yeah, it it maddens me because it gives football fans a really bad name. And yes, there is there's that element of I would never pick up a glass bottle and throw a glass bottle at someone. But you understand that people do this, and if you understand that people do this, I work in loss prevention. Don't 
give people the opportunity to do those things, take that opportunity away from them, and they can't do it. Yeah. And the police have given them the opportunity to behave like animals. And then everyone in the newspapers today is talking about our oh, football fans are at it again. Look, it's like it's the 1980s and blah, 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 blah. And it's all that means is we're put back years and years because we still will continue to get treated like second-class hits when we well, to football matches. Right. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. You know full well these incidents that could have been avoided by the correct police action will be used to justify more incorrect police action. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy thing yet again. It, you know, if they do something badly, they use it to to give themselves more power you know, and, and claim more costs. And you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. I did laugh at the um, some of the Charlton fans talking about how happy they were about ripping up seats and how you know our Palace's Premier League money can pay for that. Actually, actually, it's Charlton's money that pays for that. You know, we, <laughs> they do get sent a bill. Everything that you you your morons smashed at exactly. Which, Park, you get a bill. Yeah, but there you go, it's idiots. But um, yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I'm just just going on the. You know, I sat directly opposite them last night. Uh, I was in the, the main stand, and I it was right on the very, and I could see them. You know, trying to charge across the netting, and but back in the day, you know, you, you guy Patrick. Well, I don't know about if you went to away games, but let, let me show you on what you said when at away games. You said police standing in and around you used to have, um, like when we used to travel away, there was a ginger copper who used to come with us all the time. Some, I mean, he thought we were all stupid because sometimes he'd turn up in jeans and a pair of sambers, and we'd be like, I don't know, ginger, and he'd be like, oh, oh, you know who I am. Well, of course, yeah, because you you're going to have trains all the time, and then you, right. you see you on your raid, you know. But the thing is, you never, never, ever hit a copper. In the grounds, never. Nope. Because I'd say for why, because what he'd do is get his trunch in there and smack you on the head with it. Smash you. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's exactly what he would have done. But then there was the other thing as well, is that no matter what you wanted to do, no matter what the Charlton fan wanted to do to the Palace or the Palace fan wanted to do to the Charlton fan, you never hit a copper. But now what we've got is stewards. Gobby stewards. Stewards that don't say anything. Little stewards. Big stewards. Now, I don't know, Twitter you know, can get a bit manic sometimes, but I, I read a tweet about a woman, Stuart, getting knocked out last night. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But you can't have, you need to have a little bit of common sense here. You can't have a, a woman, Stuart, standing in front of a pissed-up 20-year-old who, who is not scared of punching her. Can't have that. Now, I, the, I know the police, I know you get like 10 stewards to one police, but when I, I left on I left on eighty two purely because I parked five hundred yards on the ground, and, and and the last time they were over, they smashed up hundreds of motors, and I'm never going to give them a chance to smash my van up. So I left on eighty two, and I run up the Olmsdale Road, got to the top. I know running is a bit unbelievable for me, but <laughs> when I got to the very top, there was literally thirty old linked arms, and I didn't think it was going to let me through. And I, I made a joke, and I said, "Look, I can't fight all of you." And they started laughing and let me say, where are you going? I said, straight down there, my motor's down there. Right. And they let me through. But I, could, I, I don't think, I, I think, did they actually stop the Palace fans going to the very top of the Olmsdale Road? They did, yes. Yeah, well, I, I, then I made it just in time, literally, because I know there was a couple looking at me thinking, you ain't coming through. But I was parked just down the road. So, But, I, 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 and the other thing as well, like you said, and it's been said, we've said it loads of times, we've been saying it for years, even a few years ago when, you know, we've had Brighton and all that come up and smashed the ground up and they've let us out all at the same time. 
just it's 15 minutes. It worked for 50 years in football. You keep the, you know, right away through the 60s when hooliganism was terrible and in, appalling in the 80s. It worked for years. You just keep them in until everyone goes home. And like, like you've just said, Chris, if the people that are still there when the away supporters come out, they're, they're there for a reason. You know, exactly. they're, they're there for a reason. And the thing is, and the old bill, see, like, like, and again, like you've just said, the police, they almost, I don't know why they're there. If they absolve themselves from responsibility and their responsibility is to protect the public, they're not going to protect football fans. Mm-hmm. They're paid by our council tax, right, to, to police our streets. But they're also paid that night by our football club to police our fans or police the fans. No, I can't work out. I, honestly, I, this this is where you need, you need, you, you almost need fans running security. You need to get a, a, a sensible part of the Charlton support, someone who organises them and say, right, this is where we think they're going to go. So we put the police there. Palace, the Palace will know where the Palace are going to go. We'll put the police there. We will make sure that you come out like you used to do, or like the HF turned up, or like that muggy 150 Charlton fans turned up and we're giving it before the game, surrounded by old Bill. I, I, I honestly don't get, I don't get how violence is, a, is allowed to go on now. I mean, and you know the other thing as well, we've had, this is our third year in the Premier League, and we're, we're almost sterile to violence now, aren't we? You don't mm-hmm. get it. You don't get, you get, you know, you just don't get mass bundles in the Premier League. Uh, the and last then, time I saw know, a punch was Charlton away in the Championship was the last well, time I saw a punch. Well, that's what I'm that. saying, it's four years ago. You know, it's 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 a very strange. You know, like I know, I, know I, I saw loads of faces there last night that I recognised, and they weren't, and they never would have gone. And I bet they never went to the last game, but they went. You know, there's an extra six thousand right. turned up for that game. It's you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's it's, it's 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 intelligence. That's all it is. It's a little bit of police intelligence. Someone didn't do their job right last night, and and I think they should be accountable. You know, for my mate whose daughter got hit on the head, although she never bled, you know, she got hit on the head by a stone. Twenty-year-old, yeah, you know, she, early twenties, she got hit. Isn't you? You know, you heard about the Jeff Thomas on the on the Holmesdale took his took a, a Cardiff supporting mate along for the game. You know, come to our derby game, be great. He ended up in hospital getting stitches. Mm. You know, it's just. It's just, it is ridiculous, but I can't, I can't believe that the old Bill, you know, did you see the video that they posted? That those idiots, they posted a video, Charlton of them ripping up the bar area, and like, you've got two stewards trying to stop 50 geezers smashing the area up, I don't, I don't get it, you open the, you open the gates and you get, the, tell the old Bill, come in here and start arresting people for criminal damage. Yeah, there's, but that's again. You go, you go back to the way that football's policed, and it's policed in a kind of in a way that it's almost like you let it happen, you know. And that they, that, I, I don't. Again, I know what you mean. I, I don't understand the mentality, but the, men, the mentality is they don't want to put themselves at risk, I guess. And is it reaction and reactive? What's the what's the yeah. saying? Was that you know you can't just you can't just go on a reaction. Oh, there's a fight down there. Oh, we go down there, and when you get down there, there's a fight behind you, and there's a fight around the corner. You know what? You, you got to. St- it frustrates yeah, but, me. It frustrates yeah, no, me. A lot of people got hurt last night when they didn't need to. Well, all I'll say on it in terms of um, we know we'll have to stop it there. We're sort of running out of time now, and I'm running out of data on my 4G. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but 
obviously anyone who's got a story to tell, anyone who's got um, you know an incident from that game, or certainly anyone who's got any kind of footage or anything like that, the Football Supporters Federation, uh, you know, are there for this sort of thing, and they will represent people. Uh, Amanda Jacks is doing a great job there, so um, just just look up FSF on, uh, on just Google it, and you'll you'll find their Twitter account, you'll find an email for Amanda. Just just make sure. They're, you know they're a great resource. They're you know they're doing some really really good work out there. So do do get involved with the FSF Football Supporters Federation. Um, that's that's my advice on that one. And look, you know it's a real shame. And in a way, in a way, the fact that we're you know away from this kind of grief in the Premier League, and we, you just don't really see it anymore. I'm I'm, I'm hugely glad. You know, I, there's a lot I miss about the, the Championship in some ways. You know the know slightly less crowded stands and the sort of the camaraderie and all that kind of stuff but you know the grief there's just no need for it and it's just a shame really to end this podcast talking about it but um it needed talking about and like i say hopefully you know there's there's not too many you know well hopefully there's no really serious lasting injuries out there uh for anyone on either side to be honest with you um apart from the idiots who deserve it i don't know if i <laughs> should have said that bit at the end anyway sounded good <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, let's leave it there, guys. Um, hope, uh, yeah, hope that, that. I mean, I know we've had a lot, a huge amount of contact. In fact, asking where the Spurs podcast was from people who didn't realise we were unable to do the live show. Um, it's quite surprising how many of you there were. In fact, I'm sure we got more messages than there are people that listen. But that isn't no. true. That isn't true at all. <laughs> as a joke. But um, no, nah, this uh, great that you, that you missed the show, and hopefully this will be uh, good enough for you. Uh, Joe has got one more thing he wants to say. No, leaning on a positive um, rather than, than a huge negative on the trouble. Um, that we, that, you know, we firmly put that mob in their place last night. Um, and, and I'm really pleased about that because I just sat there for the best part of two hours with the ump looking at them with this, you know, just despise everything about that club. And I'm really pleased that we, that we didn't just beat them 1-0 on a moody penalty, that we really sort of, we smashed them really. Yeah. I'm pleased about that. No, and I have missed doing that to our rivals. I have to say, yeah. know, whether you call them a rival or not, I, I, you know, they certainly are for me. Yeah, I loved uh, d- d- Alan Pardew when we went three-one up. Just st- stuck two things up at him, bought on Johan Kabaya when they'd gone down to ten men, and went <laughs> and clearly, d- clearly just went go, go and smash them. Like <laughs> in one fell swoop, he's shown the class difference between the two sets of players now, and he's just said, "Yeah, we're going to come at you now." And oh. it could we could have scored three or four goals in that last ten minutes, but yeah, it was it was it was good to watch. All right, well it's Watford up next. That's being played on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll be doing our because it's a Sunday game. We um, we do the the show on a Monday. Uh, Nick will be hosting this time. God help you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I'm uh, I'm best man at a wedding that day. Uh, my friends Luke and Av. Uh, both Palace fans are getting married. Also, their uh, you know son Joey will be in attendance. He's also a Palace fan, so big shout out to them. Um, not that they ever listen. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know why, but there they go. I'm giving them a shout out. And um, yeah, um, be nice to um, yeah, nice to get Nick in the chair. And you know, just if if you're thinking you know I'm missing Chris a bit here, which you obviously will, um, just spend <laughs> the show counting the number of bad jokes that Nick makes. Um, that will help it pass quicker. And I should be back the following week to wherever it is. I know it's an international break at some point, but I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm not going permanently yet. <laughs> I don't know why you've even said yet there. It makes it sound like I'm going to leave now. I'm not. 
<laughs> what else would I do with my life? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much to Mikey for producing, to Patrick, to Terence, and to Jell for contributing. And thank uh, you. yeah, um, we'll well they'll speak to you Monday. Bye. 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 See ya. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.